What's a pleasure? What's a tea? Let's bring love and positivity. Good vibes on this party scene. No shame in our game, cause we own it all. Unguilty pleasures with Christopher Hall. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Unguilty Pleasure with me, Chris Hall. Today's episode has two really good friends of mine, Jess McKee and Benjamin May, who are both mental and physical health advocates. Just a trigger warning this week, we do cover the topics of grief and bereavement, particularly parental bereavement in this episode. If that's not for you this week, I will not be offended if you skip this one. Another episode will be right around the corner. It is a wonderful conversation. I learn a lot and from two people that have knowledge and experience and passion about helping people uh, deal and progress through grief and bereavement. Um, If, as I said, if it's not for you, I understand. The next episode will be round the corner. If you do fancy it today, then sit tight and the episode will be here if you want to return to it at another time. Uh, Thanks, guys. I shall see you all or speak to you all soon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Come just come a little bit closer, maybe. Oh, we're just we're just two like laid back kind of guys, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, These chairs are a little bit low, aren't they? I feel a bit low. I feel for like this. I live my life quite low. Now, oh, fine. So <laughs> nothing unusual. You feel you live your life quite low. Now. Don't get deep already, Ben. I meant in my stature. Yeah. Okay. Physically, yeah. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Unguilty Pleasure. My name is Christopher Hall. Thank you so much for being here. Today, we have a very special episode. I mean, they're all special, but I'm excited about this one. Um, we have two. Is it, I'm welcoming two special people to the podcast today. Firstly, we have the first returning guest from season one to season effects? two. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how they... No, I haven't put them oh, in. Wow. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've got this fancy um, podcasting recording magical box and apparently I could have inputted sound effects for you, Jess, but I'm so oh, sorry. Like I put them... The next, next time. The next, next time when you're on season three. <laughs> yeah. Everyone... First returning guest of the podcast, Jess McKee. Thank you so much for having me and having me again. Yeah. Honoured. Well, you better shape up. Make sure this one's good. No. Thank you for letting me redo it. Redo it. The last one was awful. (laughs) Um, And also, we are both rocking our Invisaligns today. So if it sounds like we're chewing on bricks. We are. That we are. Um, And the other guest today, my second guest, is our sunshine and roses friend, that happy little elf, <laughs> the one and only Benjamin Mazia. Um, thank you for the cat meow. I really appreciate that. The boys will be listening to this. Um, they were very excited when I told them that I was going to be on Christopher Hall's podcast. Less excited when I told them about <laughs> who I was sharing the time with. With Jess. I have yeah. no comment. Yeah, I've, I brought you two here to really try and build this friendship <laughs> from this the is, ground up. This is a couples counselling podcast. Yeah, so, <laughs> but also, building. Jess is the first, second time guest. Benjamin, you are the second straight cis white male on the podcast. I'm not the first. You're not the first. Oh. But second is good. Yeah, first okay. the worst, second the best. Listen, isn't isn't this your really second well. episode? <laughs> Well, yeah, the other ones got deleted because it was so so bad. No, thank you. Especially Jess's. Especially Jess's. Really deleted that really hard. 
again, thank you for having me. Thank you. Redo it. That is I'll okay. I'll try and do better. Thank you for being here. And um, I'm just thrilled that we're in a new location with a new bit of tech that I've never used as the host. And we are up and running. I'm we're excited. doing it. We're doing it. Yeah, we weren't late. We were all on time. With coffee. With coffee. Did you have coffee? I didn't, but oh. we'll figure that out. We'll figure that Maybe out. Maybe we can get Listen, you coffee afterwards. Listen, Invisalign Police, I took my retainers out yeah. for the coffee. <laughs> and they are back in. And they're back in. Good. Can I just, hang on, wait. Who are the Invisalign Police? You don't know them because you're not part of the gang. No. <laughs> you're just two bricks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, I think Ben's got lovely teeth. Apart from this guy. Oh, yeah. I'd like to Gives get you two at the bottom across. Gives me character. Yeah. Because well, I'm... I have no character elsewhere. <laughs> Just all. that tooth yeah. gives you your character. That makes me an interesting person. <laughs> Thank goodness. In fact, do not, whatever you do, get Invisalign. Is this, Please. We're Invisalign. not this, are we? So people won't know. Just they're they're going to think that I'm characterless because they can't see my tooth. Your tooth we'll or your tats. Out. Yeah, tooth and tats. That, Top yeah. to toe in tats. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> if you got... If you got um, Invisalign you'd have way too much to talk about people would be asking you about your teeth oh. your tats your nose rings oh my god imagine I uh, I once employed a person who told me that they uh, had been approached at a party once um, by someone that they loosely knew <laughs> who informed them that they felt that they had been heavily tattooed to cover up the fact that they had no personality were they talking about you? they weren't talking about me they no, were talking about the, the person that that worked for me. Oh right. Yeah. No. If they had seen my tooth, they'd yeah. have been like, "Oh my god, Ben is so characterful." Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. We can't get enough. Yeah. So who was this poor person that worked for you? I. Uh, oh, we can't say. I can't Beep. say. Yeah. I mean, he just told us. Um, yes, but, I did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, they're awful. <laughs> <laughs> Literally no character. Um, but you, uh, just to circle back, um, you do have three cats. I do, yeah. Um, and um, hence the why they're excited that you know you're on my Your podcast. podcast. Yeah, yeah. Big fans. Uh, the old, the old cat, they, cat bits. They actually think that they were all your muse. They were. Dave was, because he's. I feel Dave gets featured on your stories more than oh, he Dafford and Dewey. 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 Which is for for people who don't know that is actually Welsh for David and Dave. <laughs> So they are all called Dave. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and can you both introduce yourselves? Uh, who are you? <sighs> what do you do? What are you br- What are you bringing to this podcast studio, this table you right now? You go first, Ben. No, no, no. I, no, Jess, I literally hate an introduction. Do you want me to intru- I'll introduce you? Oh, my God, introduce each other. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, dear. Go on, you. You, you in- go first. Okay. Um, Jess McKee. Be nice, Ben. Uh, former Playboy bunny. Oh <laughs> my gosh, you went there. This is a bad idea. But that was under Chris, no, that was under a different name. Me. That was under a different name, Jess, it wasn't, wasn't it? It no. wasn't. It's true. Oh, was it? She it's worked true, in the play. She worked in the Playboy Clubhouse in London when it opened about <gasps> 10, 12 years ago. Uh, not when it opened, but oh, okay, but sorry. Shortly while, after. Shortly it after. Opened. Yeah. I did for a brief period of time. Um, yeah, and. Not for very long, but I did do that yeah. very briefly. I, my mum died, and then I was like, this isn't the place that I want to be at the moment. Mm. So no. I didn't sit through. I didn't stay there very long. It coincided with the launch of a 
workout at gym box that was about oh the gym bunny one yes i'm sorry i'm still in so the sorry introducing you so oh i'm i'm let's, trembling let's not get into <laughs> you know the story too, too much. much playboy bunny <laughs> he knows too much um former former instagram handle at jess mckeep fit oh yeah <laughs> ben i never thought you listened to me you proved me wrong I listen to everyone when they talk. Oh, it's gosh. literally my job. He's got he's got everything on everyone. Mm-hmm. Chris, in that can you head, intro in that me? Noggin. I'm not loving this. Well, I think no, I think get... I think he's doing well. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, we're about to, and we're about to get into the you know the he's more just, modern stuff. He's just going from the beginning. I might bring McKeep fit back. Um, former pound <laughs> trek. You should do. That's because my name is McKee. Fit. <laughs> It, I think it would. I think and that would, rolled off the tongue, really. <laughs> it did, didn't it? Yeah. It would add some depth <laughs> that you are lacking. <laughs> I, if only I had a crooked tooth. Yeah. Oh. Well, you did, and now you've got Invisalign. <laughs> oh, Jess. So you've lost the Instagram handle in and life. the teeth. Everyone thought you were totally interesting, and then you got Invisalign, and everyone was like, "Have you seen Jess with her straight teeth?" <laughs> I'm off, not going to get back. I'm not going to get asked back, am I? No, no not... Well, it's the teeth are straight. We've still got a few minutes for you to save it, but oh, right sh- now... Seems unlikely. Yeah. <laughs> well, I probably won't anyway after this intro. Continue, Ben. Uh, so, former pound instructor. Shaky. We'll have it. Current were, pound master oh, trainer. Oh, sorry, sorry. Current pound master trainer. My apologies. I, s- I thought you would let that go more recently. Um, <laughs> head of fitness once upon a time at One Rebel. Is that no. right? You weren't. Oh, okay. Oh, this is awful. Oh, just sorry Rumble then. Rumble content manager, just but I'm a master Rumble. trainer at One Rebel. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Another master trainer, master trainer <laughs> at One Rebel, former student. Yes. Now you're a psychotherapist. Yes, qualified yeah. now. And the 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 biggest part of your life that I see all of the time on your Instagram stories, you never stop posting about it. <laughs> and that's good. That's good that you've got something in your life that you're really happy about. You're now a mother. I'm a mother, yeah. yes. You're a mother, yeah. yes. To a beautiful child. Called Willow. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Not bad, not bad. Yeah, <coughs> master trainer or rebel, therapist. To be fair, Willow has got good hair. She's got white Willow's hair. got a cracking mm. head of hair. Yeah, she has. Um, and last time you were on the podcast, Willow was... In my belly. In your belly. True. Which wow, is quite yeah, cool. Wow, yeah, look at that. And now she is 17 months old. Yeah. Wow. Time yeah. flies. How how have the seventeen months been? Uh, wow, been absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Very very challenging, and but challenging in a way. I'm someone that likes challenges. I say that with both love and blah. yeah. Um, I think very. <laughs> she is recently, listening, by the way. I hope so. <laughs> I think very recently, actually, I'm only just just coming up for air. I don't mm. think I actually realised how extraordinary this time has been. And I had some conversations with some new parents recently and I was like, wow, yeah, it's actually been pretty wild. I think I'm just getting my head above water a little bit. Yeah. How tricky is it being a mother? How tough is it? Or a parent. Challenging. A parent. Um, I just feel like I've been in, a, in this massive fog and you're you are literally in survival. You're, mm. you're in survival mode for yourself, but also you are quite literally keeping a, a human alive. Yeah. Um, twenty four seven. So your needs. It's interesting because as someone who is an advocate and someone that works in mental and physical health, um, 
I've done a lot of work on myself in terms of looking after my needs and self-care and all that stuff, and it literally goes out the window. Mm. Like, your needs are completely secondary. Whether you need sleep to the point of pure exhaustion, I think before I had kids, I used to get a bit wound up when people were like, you don't know how tired you are until you have a child. I thought it was really condescending. And I still do because I think that all my friends that don't have children are busy and burnt out and exhausted and tired and tested and all of that. What I didn't realise though is you just, there's never a point where you can say, I'm going to go to bed early tonight, enough's enough, like I need to do this. Like your body clock is out the window. But you can obviously call upon help and you really realise. it does take a bit of a village. Mm. You need a bit of support, and I respect for the people who have limited support. Yeah, John's family are really, really helpful, so we're lucky. Yeah, but it's incredible as well. Amazing. What you I feel say you've uh, you have taken to it from an outsider's point of view. We're taking it in your stride. Do you know what I think? I never thought it was going to be easy. I think that sometimes people think it's going to be this lovely, like romantic time and I always thought I would be a bit of a shit show and it would be really hectic and really chaotic and I just stepped into it from that perspective so I'm actually pleasantly surprised yeah um yeah because I I always find it like the most scary thing ever yeah yeah for sure um so I think that I've actually yeah been been pleasantly surprised there's different elements you know it throws up different things like not having my parents around things like that there's so it's so layered yeah um, and I remember people used to talk about parenthood and like list about 17,000 negatives, but be like, oh, what they, when they smile, it's so good. And I'm like, that's not a balanced argument. Yeah. You're telling me all <laughs> these awful things and like one good thing. I'm like yeah. that pros and cons list is definitely heavy on the cons. However, it is so true. Right, yeah, yeah. Because if it is actually true, maybe we could like, could we heart, could we be using these baby smiles, you know, for some of the greater problems in the world if they're that magical yeah exactly but, I, yeah but but, it but is, for, it, they are they are but it is a very weighted pro yeah it's yeah it's massive okay it's massive yeah but i won't bore you too much with parenthood but it's been a journey it is a journey <laughs> and it's yeah it's challenging but and will continue to be so and will continue to be so and rewarding as well um, and so rewarding, and maybe at one point I will come up for air, but I don't know if I will. Yeah, yeah. But I quite like a bit of a hustle. I'm a bit of a hustler, so it feels like that kind of constant survival mode. Mm. Nice. I think a lot of people in London live like that anyway. Oh, for sure. I mean, but then I don't have a baby, so I don't. <laughs> I don't. I feel me being like, yeah, I'm definitely hustling too, Jess, for sure. Um, but I feel it's <laughs> but that not const- quite comparable. Not quite. There is also another f- full living thing that you're trying to keep alive, which is. I'm very lucky as well to have a great. Uh, I'm trying to keep a TikTok account growing. <laughs> so it's, it's that's different. hard. I could not do that. <laughs> oh gosh. I'm trying to do my living room. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. Any Wild, thanks for asking. That's all right. Any thoughts? Any thoughts, Ben? I was just thinking. He has no thoughts. I feel. I feel just he was trying two. to chime in a little bit there. No, 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 no. I mean, not chiming like, in a bad way. Just. Yeah, um, like, bounce. how dare you continue yeah. to populate this planet? <laughs> Can't you see the destruction? I know, no, which, I think all, which was a consideration. No, I know it was. <laughs> and I know that you and I actually had conversations about that beforehand. And, like, obviously, my pers- my personal position on children 
you know, I'm 37 years old now. I'm I'm never going to have children. Um, I I I I don't want them for for a number of reasons. Mm. Um, I think for me, the kind of political economical landscape coupled with the 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 obvious issues around climate are are enough for me to think or maybe i maybe i don't think is a great idea but then also then just to add in the fact that i quite like my life i like the things Mm. i do i like the time that i have you know we were talking about this before we before we started recording about you know it's my choice that i get to wake up at the time that i wake up in the morning whereas you're forced to wake up at, at, at that time um and and so you know all of those things contribute towards me thinking actually maybe not children Mm. you know plus also i know what kind of a child i was and (laughs) and that and adult (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i mean you know (laughs) i love though i love though that it is a conversation and not just an assumption now i think there's a long way to go in that especially for women being asked like when are you having kids and it's just the assumption that that is what yeah we do and i don't i i like that it's becoming more of a conversation and an educated choice yeah i i think but at the risk of i don't want to i don't want to sound condescending i don't want to sound like people outside of you know sort of um progressive east london or central london are having similar types of conversations Mm. to the one that you're talking about but whenever i see people that i grew up with whenever i go home and see family like okay my mum and sister they know that there's never a chance i'm going to have children um but other members of my family still say Mm. oh ben when are you going to have a kid and it's like well I'm not and I also don't have to justify to you why I'm not going to like you know it's it's I think there is still an assumption that actually for a lot of people that is for 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 most people that that is the kind of goal you know Mm. this this sort of uh paying up to the patriarchy that we still have to do and it just to me seems completely irrelevant in 2023 that we should even be considering having to get married or buy a home or you know have children like you know and and i think one of the big things for me one of the things that really bugs me as well is when people say well who's going to look after you when you're older well Mm. fucking i'll have to yeah 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 yeah. i mean many people have children that don't look after them when they're older that's not a guarantee that we don't live the way we used to live in these like communities and we haven't got that the same processes these 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 assumptions that we're just going to live a particular type of life and that eventually our children are going to be you know they're going to look at us and think oh thank god for my parents having had me and raised me and you know given me all of the things that i need now i'm going to do the same for them right Mm. that's just not a given no I mean, it's there's still pressure when you've got... I mean, literally, I feel like Willow is coming out of me and people are like, when are you having a second? Right. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't do end you, but there. Do you, yeah. I, was, I was listening to you speak then and, I, and you and I have never really had a conversation about whether or not you would have more than one child. Mm. But I was thinking, you, you sound like, you know, you're quite pleased that you had Willow. I'm f- <laughs> I am pleased that I had Willow. Yeah. yeah I'm, I, I'm very, very, very pleased. So does that mean then that you would... Are you in a position where you might ever think, you know, you and John would like a second child, uh, you know? So the honest answer is we we've always said we just want one child for a lot of a lot of reasons. Um, So many reasons. I'm not saying my age, but also it took me the healing process was quite long. I feel Mm. like 
people say six weeks. You're saying you're not 22 anymore. I'm not 22 (laughs) anymore. Yeah, exactly. I'm almost 38. And like my healing process was longer. Like my best mate had three kids in her 20s. She healed really, really quickly. And like I said, I know people that have had kids in their late 40s and have healed really quickly. But my body took a while Mm. to recover. Um, So the thought of that recovery process, again, scares me quite a lot. But really, a big, big factor is financial. Mm. and the cost of everything it's just it's it's wild and yeah. i'm self-employed i rely heavily on my body as well for work um yeah it's insane and we do ideally want to stay in london so we say one um yeah there's a lot of reasons also the planet and having mm. like a lot of kids and the, the strain and having a cut kid is as even if you're really mindful there's so much waste like mm. literally things last five minutes yeah um but then there is probably 5% of me now that she's older. It's like, oh shit, like my brother was my rock growing up. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I could have navigated the world without him. And I know people do really successfully do that. And I know that people like the looking after you when you're older, having a sibling isn't guaranteed that you're going to get along. But my experience of the world is my brother was my lifeline. Mm. And that scares me a little bit. Um, because she might need that and so that that does that does play into my mind i'm not gonna lie but i think at the moment it, the it, we're heavily leaning towards one um and i just want to try and make sure she has a good support network growing up she's got lots of cousins and things like that yeah and there can be a chosen family there exactly. can be you know you can be putting other things in play you can be introducing her to other people's children or throughout life giving her the tools to meet people and exactly. the bravery to meet people and the strength in herself to go out and find that those rocks that's what that I, isn't necessarily another child of yours a hundred percent i think as well it's shifting that kind of narrative of they need a sibling and people do present those ideas quite heavily and because it matches my experience of the world it pulls on my heartstrings a little bit mm. but she's such a sociable girl like she's the creep in london fields it's like going up to the <laughs> other kids like hey do you wanna hang out? <laughs> <laughs> like she's so sociable so yeah i but it does come into my mind that it was really lucky in my life that i had my brother yeah and and is now but, but your brother by all accounts is a great man i know because he's very <laughs> like you ben isn't yeah, it he sounds wonderful <laughs> um speaking of ben yes Jess, may you introduce Ben to us? I feel like I don't have any horrible, embarrassing things to pull out of the woodwork about you. Maybe there aren't any. Dodgy Instagram handles. I don't know. Um, I think there's maybe one or two things in my past. I mean, London Barbers a little bit. Come on. Big big for your boots, isn't it? Well, I mean, I I am a a barber in London. Are you London Barber? But I didn't call myself London's Barber. No, you just did. Yeah. That's a title I you've did. just bestowed well, onto him. You, <laughs> he does do my hair. Can you not project, please, onto me? Look, we all need to have a. I bet you've got a dodgy email address back there somewhere. No, like, do you know what? No, 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 no. <laughs> what was your, just quick side note, what was your worst Hotmail well, email address? I think it's what your first I, one Oh, your first I one is. Because I've only got one. Oh, right. And what was that? <laughs> B.K.May at at hotmail.co.uk chic so chic to the point exactly what it is how annoying is that how old were you when you got that like 16 yeah was that yeah okay yeah Yeah. I (laughs) thought I was maybe a little bit younger 
Well, what was I, yours, Chris? But, but I, but so we didn't have computers in my school. Uh, okay, same, the same <laughs> until the last year, yeah. So, th- so email wasn't really a thing. Fine, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm a little bit younger than you. Mm. Yeah. So oh, what, don't show off, Chris. Jeez. So, <laughs> but not as wise. <laughs> Well, I mean, you looked at Today. Jess when you said that. So. <laughs> I want to know what's yours. <clears throat> um, well, I was um, s- trying quite hard to obviously stay in the closet and present as a um, as a heterosexual as a heterosexual teenager. Um, and so, um, you know how um, all girls used to be like, "Oh my god, I'm Mrs. Leo DiCaprio," or like oh. Mrs. Oh George yes. Clooney. Okay. Well, I was Mr. Underscore Jennifer Underscore Aniston at Hotmail.com. I which mean, is lovely choice. Love he, oh, I've got an absolute, an absolute star, an absolute <laughs> treasure of the of Literally. the Hollywood and the how whole old, landscape. How old were you? Um, I was about fourteen. <laughs> yeah, I you kind of been like Mr. Jennifer Aniston. Like, not if I could have picked like, I don't know, like someone from FH, FHM or something, or like something that would be like a bit more like. Yeah, yeah, like, like she's, she's my. Whereas, like, I'm going to marry <laughs> Jennifer Aniston. I'm <laughs> we're going to be a betrothed. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that definitely that screams hetero. Yeah. Hetero, hetero yeah, for sure, doesn't it? Woof. That would have been yours, wouldn't it? Uh, if you were alive back Mr. then. I mean, <laughs> if you were young back then. No, I was alive. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Mr. Jennifer Aniston. No, I. I and was... no one actually batted an eyelid. And then I think <clears> maybe <throat> a year into it, a year or two into it, um, I started to feel pretty um, sheepish when I um, was giving it out to people. I think. Um, <laughs> Job interviews. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So then I then I did Chris Hall with an underscore between every letter. <clears throat> which wow. I got quite most I got I got really fast ever. at doing it it was like C shift underscore H and I got really fast at my technique of doing it but for obviously everyone else it was like <laughs> painful That's um so horrible. all of them were literally just a complete mess yeah um what was yours Jess? Jess? oh Keep. this is awful fit <laughs> Keep fit, funky babes. <laughs> this is an awful admission, but I'm going to say it. I've literally only ever had one email address. It's my present day email address. And what is it? Oh no, that's awful, isn't oh, it? I mean, that's what just... is it? <laughs> <laughs> Tell everyone. Okay, fine. Keep fit, funky yeah, yeah, yeah. babes. <laughs> pink, pink pigeons at. Mm. It's a Yahoo. A Yahoo. So if we Yahoo. Yeah. What? <laughs> Yahoo! On those weird people. Hotmail babes, you need to get I've, a hotmail. I've literally just changed it for for therapy clients and for, for work purposes. But mm. I, that, that first email is still going strong. That's good. Yeah. I mean, both of you have very, very, very good ones that could still stand up. They still stand, stand, they stand time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, my brother Unlike. set it up for me. Shout out, Dan. Thank you. Chris underscore no, I think yeah the the Mister Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, I wonder if that account is still floating around in the um, probably is the I metaverse. I can't imagine anyone is trying to <laughs> all those Jennifer Aniston fan mails are coming through. <laughs> yeah. Fan club email. I might oh get a God, message from her agent. Jenny from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just wondering if you want to renew your subscription to <laughs> Jennifer Aniston. To Jennifer Aniston blogs. Um, so 
Ben. Back to Ben. Back to yeah. ben. ben. We keep t- tangenting <laughs> away from Ben, and it's actually really important that we hear from him, a man. I um, know. <laughs> I know. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, there are not enough oppressed voices on this podcast no. if I'm only the second ever straight cis white man. That's yes. true. Yeah. Well, you've just introduced yourself. There you go. I've introduced who I, who who my identity. identity. The London barber. The London barber. Um, <coughs> that's, so sorry, that's that's with no vowels. No vowels. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> that is because Ben is a barber. And, a, and an excellent barber, self-made barber. Self-made had, barber. Had your own well, places, talk, had your own business. Me. Ben is an in, inspirational entrepreneur. Because I feel like you have great ideas and you roll with them mm. and you actually kill it and make them amazing like being a barber um and then your dad got poorly yeah and died <coughs> yeah he did yeah and you met a guy called jack mm-hmm. whose dad was poorly at the time so no jack's da- da- jack's dad da- died before yeah. yours yeah yeah my dad was sick yeah and your dad was sick and <laughs> Um, you met, you had a conversation, and then your dad died, and you realised you were both part of the Dead Dads Club. Yeah, which you're also which a member of. I'm also a member yeah. of, yeah. Um, and you and Jack took kind of comfort in your conversations with one another mm-hmm. and thought, this is an actual lovely, comforting thing to do. Let's try and open this out to the wider public. Mm-hmm. And so you started sort of peer support groups around grief, which became the new normal charity, as it's known today, which has then branched off into other sort of support network groups around mental health, grief, Mm -hmm. and other topics. Um, In addition, and it's going like global. It's in Hong Kong, it's in America, um, France. Uh, Yeah, we just launched in France, yeah, yeah. And are just doing lots of brilliant work with lots of people. In addition to that, you love bikes, you love cats, yeah, I do love those two things. You love <laughs> beans and eggs on toast and decaf coffee. 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 Yeah. I don't think you could have done a better job do you know, of introducing no, yourself. I, no, because I would have really underplayed the charity, yeah. which yeah. I think <laughs> Jess has just done a wonderful yeah. job. Do you know, actually, I was really excited this morning um, to, to be doing this with Jess because, Chris, I don't know if you know, but Jess was one of our first ever volunteers at the charity. Really? Did you know that? Yeah. No, did I didn't know that. that. Oh, mm. yeah, I was. Actually, when I started working at One Red Bull, at, I think it was around the time your dad died because you were doing your bike ride. Yeah, so it would have been... A, it, I did that 12 months after he died, yeah. Yeah, and you were doing training, and I remember sponsoring you and thinking, oh, I feel really drawn to this guy because I'm part of the Dead Dads Club too. Mm. And, um, yeah, so I was just really interested in what you were up to, and then I remember speaking to you when the charity was kind of formulating... Yeah, so that was early 2018 mm. that Jack sort of came to me and asked if I'd be interested in in kind of speaking to other people. Um, you know, the charity is a really beautiful thing because, as Jess rightly said, it, it, it was just born out of a conversation in a barber chair. You know, Jack came in to get a haircut with me one day mm-hmm. uh, whilst my dad was sick and uh, and we just started talking and he told me that his dad was dead and I was like, oh, cool, mine's dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was it. We just kind of hit it off. But... Yeah, in, uh, in 2018 we launched, um, so it would have been would have been May 2018, 21st of May actually. Is that because you're in May? Yeah, so my yeah, my birthday's obviously also in in May. <laughs> no, your no, it's not. It was this, week. weekend. this weekend. Yeah, I know. Well remembered. Well remembered. It was this weekend. Yeah, I know. Hey, fooled you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, sorry. Yeah. yeah um, 
and yeah you know what i mean what what we wanted to do was just sit around the table and just talk to some other people about about their dead people um chris's phone is making noises which is terrible you're gonna have to edit that out yourself aren't you chris he's just a popular guy well i could have just kept it in yeah, but you've just in. really, really, really drawn attention to it. No, well, I think it's it no. In. I think it's you life. should keep it in. Yeah, it's life. Well, I'll keep it in then. Yeah, I know that's. Lemonek. <laughs> it's life. It's life. We're not trying to be perfect. Imperfectly perfect. Exactly. Um, sorry to cut. Sorry to just. No, not at all. Put a bump in the road, Ben. Um, <coughs> and then yeah, Jess, Jess, you started coming to our meetings pretty early on. I think um, you started coming when we were in Devonshire Square, just behind Liverpool Street Station. Yeah. Um, and we, we, when did we? That wasn't me. <laughs> Mine's an airplane mode, actually. Yeah, it's definitely it's not me either. It's 100% you. It's on your laptop as well, isn't it? <laughs> now, now off my laptop. <laughs> that face is like, oh, actually. <laughs> it's now off. Well done, Chris. Thank you. Yeah. We don't mind. Um, yeah, so Jess, you would have started coming to us behind Devonshire Square and uh, I think you would have become a host for the meetings in 2019 so about mid 2019 yeah I can't actually remember how it happened it was just pretty natural well so you I mean you're you know Jess is a a wonderful advocate for mental health and well-being um, you know and speaks very eloquently um, about grief and bereavement and this was before you had started your psychotherapy training as well so um, you you were very natural in our groups and you were somebody who was regularly in them and you were a voice that people wanted to hear and so we felt that you were somebody who could very comfortably and very easily and we were very right about this as well you know navigate the way through some very uh, difficult topics um, which you know happen this is a peer-to-peer support group right like people yeah. come in and talk about some really hard things um, and Jess was just just able to hold that space really really beautifully so we were very grateful for for Jess at the time um I don't know how much we spoke about the kind of topic of grief or bereavement when you were first on I don't actually think we did do it too much um and I but I think it's the topic that literally is not taught to young people or Old, older people alike about <laughs> how to talk about no I didn't <laughs> it's are, a topic you are the oldest it is a it's a topic that everyone is everyone is going to experience this in their life yeah and it's something that is I feel completely um not taught and not um passed on how to actually go about dealing with it how to deal with it in, with your friends how to deal with it with your family the benefit of actually discussing it and bringing up you know, b- people who have passed passed or um, things like that, or the the topic around it. How important is it to speak on the subject? Well, firstly, you're talking about you're talking about bereavement here, right? But mm. one of the things that you just said there is that we don't, you know, we don't talk about these things. You know, we're in not this taught, culture. Yeah. Well, not so. So for me, this isn't just about grief this is trauma Mm. like we're not taught how to talk about trauma at all in any capacity of our life any of the things that happen to us and that's not just a young person thing as we get older you know one of the things that i always reflected on when i was 
younger and when I was when my relationships might be coming to an end was how my behavior reverted back to how I behaved when I was a child and my relationships were ending that I couldn't talk about things that I would get upset I would go quiet I would shout because at no point in my life had anybody taught me how to deal with something how to deal with the end of a relationship how to have a conversation with the person this is relatable for all uh, all parts of trauma all of the different things that happen to us throughout our lives nobody at any point stops us and says hey let me teach you about opening up let me teach you about speaking let me teach you about talking you know Jess is a a psychotherapist now you know I've been running the new normal for for five years I mean I've been a barber for for nearly 21 years you know my entire career has been about talking mm. I've been really fortunate that I've learned how to have conversations with people not because anyone else taught me but because I learned yeah and in the last decade the more and more I go to therapy the more I speak the more I spend time in group the more I open up the more I understand the more I learn how to communicate it's an ongoing process but it, it, but at no point in our life do we get that opportunity to learn how to do it unless we actually seek it out ourselves. Yeah. And <coughs> the topics around grief and bereavement are, are, are super interesting. If you think back to when you were a kid, I don't know if either of your parents did this, but my parents just kept buying us hamsters. Every time a hamster died, they just bought another hamster and apparently that was how we were supposed to learn about the circle of life mm -hmm. that oh look this hamster's died we're sad we're going to bury it in a little shoe box but don't worry we'll get you another one mm -hmm. now the reality is is that when my dad died another dad wasn't brought to me right as like mm -hmm. a hey here's another dad so how did having all of those pets as a child actually genuinely prepare me for my dad dying when i was older you don't learn these things so <coughs> for me, not just having conversations with young people, we need to have conversations with all people. In the charity, we always talk about how, you know, what we do now. We sit in rooms, right? We sit on the internet, we sit on calls, and we have conversations with people. You know, we're meeting people all around the world all the time who are experiencing similar things to us. The goal of the charity is not to continue to make more and more and more and more groups. Now, of course, in the short to midterm it is, but the goal of the charity is to cease to exist. Mm -hmm. When we don't exist anymore is when we've done our job. Yeah. That means that when we've taught all of the people how to have conversations, how to open up, how to speak about their experiences, how to talk about their trauma, and not only talk about it, but how to hold another person's trauma, how to sit and give somebody space to hear it, right? Learning how to actively listen. These are really important things. When the charity ceases to exist, that means that we've done our job. That means that everybody knows how to do that. Now, is that plausible? No. So we'll have to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but that should be all of our goals. Yeah. It's interesting. I think something that potentially how we're brought up in this culture or where you are or what you learn from your parents. Um, interesting what you said about how you hold space for somebody else's trauma or hold space for somebody else's experience something like the subject of grief is so painful and scary or you know something that we don't want to think about it can often be um the person who's not suffering the bereavement can often just not know how to handle holding space for somebody else not bring it up oh i won't mention it because i don't want to upset you mm. when actually that's the tool that so many people need i think 
um, in a situation like that, you just need to be able to be brave enough to let let someone else discuss what they're going through, even though it's a very frightening, unknown concept to everyone. But everyone also is going to experience it. I think that I think there's so many layers to that, and obviously there's so many ca- case by case kind of situations and examples. But you said frightening. I think that's a big thing. You know, it's frightening when we're faced with that. Oh, I'm actually I'm not immortal. My life does have a time limit and so does that of every single person that I love and care for that is so scary and it's sometimes too scary for people to even contemplate or go near Mm. so some people just can't get involved with these sorts of conversations because whether consciously or subconsciously there's a great fear around death Um, I think as well it's something really hard to conceptualize it's hard to imagine unless you've actually been through it yeah um it's really hard to to understand that's why things like peer support is so beautiful and helpful um i think when when my parents died i I remember a friend of mine her sister was sick and i actually struggled to be around her because I didn't want to be the reminder of, hey, do you know what? Sometimes things don't work out. Because, you know, a lot of people flock around. They're like, if you think positively, you're going to get through this. And I didn't want to be that reminder of, actually, sometimes, regardless of what you eat or what how positive you think, some people will still die. And she got really upset with me, actually. And eventually it was like she actually needed me to be there as mm. like a, someone to be like, this is shit and tough and this could be an outcome. And that shifted for me that one of the beautiful things about going through it is that it makes you then able to hold space for people in a way without that kind of fear, in a way that says this is hard mm-hmm. and it's scary, but but I, I'm here with you. And I felt that. And it's um, finding those support, the people that can hold it, is really valuable, I think. But I think for people that are scared of it or kind of don't know what to say, that's totally natural because it's a huge topic. But I think it's always good to remember that if you say to someone, you know, whatever, like, I hope I'm just thinking of you, I'm here for you, that that person isn't going to... Because people don't want to bring it up, right? They don't want to trigger or upset the person. Yeah. That person hasn't forgotten. No. They haven't forgotten. It's like, oh, I forgot my mum died until you said, I hope you're okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. haven't forgotten. Yeah. So just kind of taking comfort in that um, and not even necessarily having the words to say or knowing what to say, but just being like, I'm here. Yeah. I don't really, and saying, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I can't imagine what you're going through. I don't understand, but I. I can kind of imagine it's pretty awful and I'm thinking of you. Yeah. I remember a really, um, really startling time, uh, like moment I had. It was probably the first person of my um, adult, like late 20s age that their parent had died. And um, again, they didn't really talk about the illness too much we were on a job and they were quite they seemed quite um upbeat and and sort of uh not upbeat but positive positive and it wasn't a conversation that was brought up and I kind of thought this person was quite private in every every sense of 
their life. Um, so I was a bit like, it was in character for them to be just quite private about all their personal business, really. Yeah. And then um, they had to leave the job and their parent passed. And I sort of texted and I was like, you know, I'm so sorry. Can't imagine what you're going through because no, I couldn't like, you know, I'm yeah. I'm in a place where I can't imagine what it's like to lose a close family member or a close friend. Um, and I just got this text back being like, nothing's ever going to be the same again. Mm. Yeah. And it felt like the floor, like, f like, I even feel like quite um, embarrassed saying this, but it felt like the floor beneath me like fell away. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I've had, no, I have no concept. I've got absolutely no concept mm. of what, and I'm just here, you know, in this dance studio sending you a text and then I'm going to, then I'm going to go back to teaching this dance routine. Um, and I have the, I have no idea. There's not even a, a whisper of an idea of what, for me to know how your life has just completely changed. Yeah. And I think even in, in doing that, I then felt like, oh my God, I, ca I can't even say anymore because all I can reply with is, no, it's not. Yeah, babe. Or, you know, not, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I didn't have yeah, any, yeah, I was totally. like, I was like scrambling for like, <clears throat> say something actually, that's actually gonna help. And that's the thing though, that there are things that do help and conversations that can help, but it is also a very, it's an organic process to grieve. Like there isn't a magic wand, it's a process. No, and I think it's being bold enough, not even bold enough, it's just being, maybe it is b brave or bold to actually engage in a conversation and actually keep asking, you know, do you wanna talk today? Yeah. How's today going? I see, so, I mean, I want to circle back to to something as well. Actually, but before I do, I just want to say like I um, I like I don't say to people, "Do you want to talk?" Um, mm. I just say to people, and and I sort of message semi regularly and just say, "I hope you're all right." Like the the space is here. Like I'm here if you need that. Um, if you want to speak, then then that's cool. Just let me know anytime, anything you need. Um. The pressure of of like do you want to talk today is like it feels like you know right are, are you this ready is your, yet yeah like, yeah well, this is your time slot yeah, if yeah, you want to yeah, take exactly. it exactly and some right. people never ever want to talk some people want to paint or or make music yeah, or people want to find other ways to express their grief and that's absolutely okay right mm. but the thing that i wanted to come back to um was uh been in my head the whole time and now all of a sudden it's just <laughs> dropped out of my head um this kind of the oh bollocks take a sec yeah it was something that you asked chris um because i thought it was really important um and it's about the kind of it it, it, it actually it focuses on society uh that was it this idea of of fixing something so you, mm. when you talk about the conversation like people are scared to have the conversation i think one of our problems is that we live in a world where we think there is an answer to mm. everything or we think there is yeah. a way to fix everything and grief or trauma it doesn't really feel like there's a way that we can fix it and of course that's because we can't we can talk about it and we can keep talking about it and we can keep expressing how we feel but there's never an end date that you don't complete these things mm. um, and I think as a consequence people are scared to have those conversations because they don't have an answer of how to make somebody feel better right and so instead of have that conversation they would rather shy away from it which i think is t 
totally reasonable. Mm. It's scary when somebody you care about deeply is is obviously hurting. And that's almost an ego thing that you're like, oh, I'm failing in helping or I don't have the answer. So then my like subconsciously my ego is like i'm not i'm not stand shaping up as a friend or whatever so yeah, what a support what system so i'll just like scuttle away and what good am i and surely there'll be somebody else who you can talk there'll be somebody better than me there'll be somebody better than me when actually no no one's better no one okay that might be sub um circumstantially people that might have more mm. intel on the situation however no one's going to be perfect in but what we should do fixing is, anything. What we should do is refocus the way that we think about that conversation or, or change the way that we so we're not looking to encourage somebody to tell you how they are and try and give them an answer. But we should be looking at saying, you know, I can be space for you. I can hear what you have to say and I will just listen. I won't try and answer. I won't try and tell you. And that's for a person that's actually very difficult to be able to sit on the other side of a conversation and not have an answer not want to give a fix but we have to learn how to create that space for people mm -hmm. you know we have to learn how to be somebody who can just sit and listen and you know i think that that really if if, if we can start learning how to do that if we can start to learn to actively listen and, and support people in that way then that will encourage more and more people to feel safe to open up mm. Mm. I think as well, um, oh my gosh, it's just coming out of my head, this is <laughs> contagious. No, um, something that I do with my clients, a lot of my therapy clients are people who are going for a bereavement. It's not, yeah, anyway. And something that I learned, so I did years ago, I trekked the Sahara for Marie Curie um, when my mom was sick actually to raise money. And I had the pleasure of trekking alongside lots of the nurses at the from the hospice and we had hours and hours of walking and great conversations and um they told me you know and someone's at, at their end of life at their end of life and having their end of life care they always ask them you know like what do you do like what's your job like what's your hobbies N they're not asking them about their illness or they're not asking them about their kind of end of life they're still asking them about their life mm. you know so even your friends, your your friend's parent could be dying, but you might not even know your friend's parent's name. Like, cool, what's their name? What are they like? What, mm. you know, yeah. sometimes it's just nice to talk about the person. And even now, I love it when people say like, oh, what would your mom have said? Or like, I find it funny when, you know, John, my partner, will have a memory about my mom or dad. Or, you know, it, it's nice to also remember them and keep, those sort of memories alive mm. and even just saying like oh what was their name what were they into yeah that is it's actually so um I, when you said oh what would your mum have said i got like an involuntary like like just because that is not something i would feel comfortable com or it just wouldn't come to my mm. and that is my my learnt experience from probably my parents and our our bigger family and all that kind of stuff, but that is just that's, that's so observational. How I physically, I just wouldn't. I, I just, I that is not something I would be in my toolkit to sort of, not even a toolkit. Just, just it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be something that come out of my mouth. And which is so, um, I'm like holding a big, uh, 
metaphorical mirror up to my face and just being like, hmm. But to, to add <laughs> on Why are we to like that, that? To add on to that as well, I'm talking about good friends because obviously it's not one size fits all, right? Some grief. Totally. Some people are happy that someone's died. Some people are relieved that someone's died. Some people have lots of complicated mixed emotions around death and grief. So I'm saying that in my experience with some of my clients and their experience of grief and maybe with my experience of grief, but... We're talking about good friends, right? For some people, that might not be an appropriate of course. question. But we're talking about people that you know and you love and you want to support. Definitely. Um, uh, one size Chris Hall. That's all I could think <gasps> after you said one that's size great. fits all. Yeah. <laughs> that can be his merchandise line. Yeah. <laughs> Just hoodies and t-shirts that are in one size. Yeah, it's one size Chris Hall. It's one size Chris Hall. Just literally across the front, one size Chris Hall. Oh, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> As your that friend, is amazing. who wants to see you, you know... Um, Thriving. Yeah, just, you can have that. Thank you, Ben. That's okay. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, it, uh, Before we maybe pause what we're talking... You know, this subject, is there any sort of close... I think this is an amazing conversation and probably we could talk about it for hours and hours and hours. Um, but is there any maybe closing thoughts or final thoughts that you have? Okay. I feel we... Yeah, um, you know, look, just what you just said then, Chris, about that that kind of physical reaction to to hearing, you know, I would just encourage you to to go out and to try and have those conversations with people. Mm. It it feels uncomfortable at first, but the more you do something, the more it becomes natural. Right. And, Mm. you know, you're a you're an incredibly open minded, you know, person and 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 i think that you are the sort of person that if i was going through something i would want to you know i would want to find at the other end of that conversation so you know encourage as many people as possible to kind of go out there and 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 learn how to hold space learn how to have conversations and learn how to listen to the people in your life because it will benefit them significantly Mm -hmm. don't try and fix anything don't try and have answers just be a space yeah yeah, I think I think something that I found useful, it, both two, twice in my life, well, three times in my life when I felt like my world was kind of shattered and I had to rebuild it, were the death of my both my parents and then actually becoming a mum. So, like, birth and death are very extreme mm. things that shake your whole existence. And in both, I say both, but my parents' death was separate occasions, but death and birth... In both occasions, it is fully survival mode, like getting through, not even the day, getting through the hour. And I guess something that was useful, if you do want to be a little bit practical, is that person is in survival mode. So even if you just drop around some food, because that person's probably not eating or washing Mm -hmm. or sleeping very well, they're full on, if you think of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like they are bottom survival mode. So yeah, just cooking some food and dropping it you don't even have to say anything leave yeah. it the, whether they eat it or not they probably haven't got the energy to care about cooking yeah things like that can be can be useful can i come over so you can cut, get some rest yeah because that person might not want to sleep at night that person might be thinking a lot at night or whatever that person might just need a bit of rest in the day so even just attending to those very basic survival needs mm. what's laszlo's hierarchy of knees i don't know but <laughs> <laughs> it's um you can buy that with one size chris hall <laughs> 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 
anyway. Jess, you've done this before. I think yeah. you told us your <clears throat> unguilty pleasure. I did. Um, but you've had maybe about definitely over <coughs> a year. Well, how old's Willow? 17, 17 months. months. So you've had at least 18 Near months. Yeah, you've had, you've had a long time to think of another one. How um, pregnant and, was and I? And also, it must must have changed. It was We did it like I had a bump. May, June 2021. Oh, so it's still quite early. Yes, yeah, so it yeah. it's been about two years. Ben, I'm going to invite you to go first. Do you have any unguilty pleasures that you want to kind of <laughs> toss in the air and bat about with your friends, Chris and Jess? Friends? Friends. That's Acquaintances. This is, ben. This um, is friendship. This is what friendship is. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, my it's us, God. It's People us that too. are horrible to you, but with <laughs> a smile. <laughs> um, uh, uh, do you know, you, you asked me earlier what my unguilty pleasure <laughs> is, and <laughs> I really struggled to think of one. Um, can we ask Jess first? Yeah, <laughs> we can ask Jess first. I feel like I have loads, but also none, because I feel then I don't not feel that guilty. guilty about them. I yeah. don't no, feel that's that fine. Guilty. That's fine. Yeah. But there's, but I feel the the, the, the term. I've, I've, it's called unguilty pleasure still because that's the name of the podcast. But yeah. I feel like we it, don't want that. We've moved. We've moved. At the, we've moved away from what it once was. Yeah. yeah. It's now just. I can't really change Our the pleasures. artwork now. Because uh, we're literally we're literally on a hundred <laughs> downloads, so um, I I can't really change the fan base like confuse the fan base too much. Yeah. Um, I... So what are your just pleasures? What are the what is, what are some of your pleasures in life? Do you know what one of my what, like? Uh, You're always on that bike. Always on that bike, you. Yeah, but I was you know that's a bit that's a bit obvious, isn't it? Like I think the potentially that, it's the things that we do when we're not when we're on our own and like yeah. you know, no one's watching. Like I always think that that's the person that we really are. Oh um, God! <laughs> I don't bode well for me. I'm joking. <laughs> I didn't assume it would. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think who I am. Someone you now sort of thinking, like, but also like just the things that you do when no one's watching, like the things, the the way that you mm. react to people, behave to people, you know, the things that you listen to, that you eat. You know, yeah. these are the things that like when we're on our own, when we're when there's no one watching us, like that's who we really are. And, you know, I think I'm I'm thinking about the things that I do in, in those times. And actually the things that I love to do are just listen to uh, uh listen to lots of um podcasts around politics, um and I like to walk in graveyards and you I, I love oh, walking I think, in graveyards. Yeah, I think yeah. we'll pause at that one. Um, I might skip over the politics podcast one because I just I, I'll, I'll show myself up. But I think we'll I think we'll pause at the walking through graveyards. Yeah. yeah. Any particular graveyards? Um, so I live in Stoke Newington, um, and obviously the graveyard there um, is really beautiful. Mm. Have you been? I haven't, but Agony actually, Park. where John, my partner, his mm -hmm. family live, yeah. um, across the road, they can see from their house is a really lovely graveyard. Yeah. And um, we do lots of like Christmas walks and stuff down there. Yeah, we go back Christmas, over Christmas walks in the graveyards are really beautiful. Mm. Yeah. yeah. How does it make you feel? Just at peace. Mm. Like, and it's not that I'm really like, I don't really love death. Like, I've started a You'd charity around <laughs> death, and now I'm talking about walking in graveyards. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but like, there's just a serenity. And mm. especially when you live in central London and you go into Abney Park in Stoke Newington, and it's so quiet. Yeah. Like you, you, you wouldn't believe that you're in the middle of Hackney. 
and yeah. I and I really really love that. I really love that peace and quiet. And I like to drink a, a decaf coffee whilst I do it and eat a vegan pane chocolate. Oh, lovely! That's the type of person I am when I'm on my own. Yeah. Even finding a green space in London, there are quite a lot. That's lucky, mm. but a peaceful quiet one, one yeah. Yeah. is pretty hard to come by. And yeah. there's lots of dog spotting in there. There mm. are a significant amount of dogs. So as a man who has three cats, I do like to go and look at dogs. Nice, just to yeah. see what, how the other half live in. Just look at other people's dogs, because I really just love all animals. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Uh, my granddad used to have a joke about graveyard. Do you want to hear it? Well, do then. we? If he, <laughs> if he would drive past the graveyard, or like walk past where he'd go, do you know how many people are dead in there? How many? All of them. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> You can have that. <laughs> you can have that for your next gig. Thanks, mate. Yeah, well, I mean, I've seen some of his stand-ups. So. <laughs> but then it'd be like all of them, plus Ben May drinking a coffee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Ben that. May having a really nice, peaceful walk <laughs> yeah. on his own. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. just, just try, trying to avoid all the people yelling out their car windows at him. <laughs> yeah. They're oh, all dead, man. Yeah, yeah. Knock, knock. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Every time drive, I come here. Drive by comic. Yeah. Um, interesting. That is actually a really... I would never have uh, actively gone and done that, but that does seem like a very peaceful yeah. 10 minutes, 15 minutes or longer you could have for yourself. In London, there are seven cemeteries. They're actually called the, uh, they're called the Magnificent Seven that were built, uh, I believe, in Victorian times because church graveyards were overflowing and mm. because of... Uh, because of the state of the, the, you know, the kind of country, I suppose, at that point, um, there was a significant amount of death. Uh, and when the weather was bad, dead bodies would just rise to the surface. Um, so they had to build these seven graveyards to try and deal with the huge amounts of people living in central London and dying. Um, yeah, and Abney Park is one of them. Um, Highgate is another one which is a really beautiful cemetery and has some incredibly interesting people buried in there as well, mm. including my hero, Karl Marx. Really? In Harrogate? Mm -hmm. Wow, still getting that polit political <laughs> angle in there at the end there, Ben. Well, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like at least I should get to mention <laughs> some <laughs> of my political ideas. <laughs> but yeah, I love that. I never thought to do that in, in London, but yeah, back home sometimes. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Jess? So I was thinking, I mean, last time I was on the podcast, I said trash TV slash mm -hmm. not trash TV, but that is still going very, very strong. strong. Yeah. Willow Love is a Bravo. fan. That, yeah. Willow's a fan as well. well can Willow I just ask fan. you what, because I don't watch trash TV. It might come as a surprise. <laughs> um, but what do you watch? <laughs> we are two ends of the spectrum, aren't <laughs> <Yeah>. we? <laughs> You're yes. classy. I'm trashy. Um, all of the Real Housewives, currently on Salt Lake City. Brilliant. Um, really good. Really good. Really good. Really good. Which season are you on? For Salt Lake City. Are they not? Are they not Mormon? Yeah, they are. There's, there's a mixture, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Some half and half. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And which season are you on? It's final, third and final. Okay, yeah. Very good. It's it's it, it got a little. Uh, one and two, I thought were great. Three, I feel because of what's I happening. I might just it's run to the bathroom. I don't. Well, I don't. I don't want to tell. <laughs> I don't want to say too much because Ben might watch it. Yeah, exactly. Um, no spoilers, <laughs> please. But I found three a bit of a slog, but hopefully four will have a bit of a revamp. Oh. Yeah. See, I kind of have been watching it whilst doing other things. So <laughs> I've actually, actually, Chris, I'm actually quite busy. It's actually in the background you know, when I'm like raising show. a child. So yeah. the actual, <laughs> I actually don't care too much about if it's got a bit of a slog. <laughs> But Willow's so into it. Yeah, nice. She loves Real Housewives. 
Really? Uh, anyway, so yeah, trash TV, so I get drunk. And I was thinking, what else? Do you know what? I love a comfortable shoe. <laughs> I'm all right with that. Well, as I opposed love to love a comfortable as a, shoe, as opposed to an uncomfortable <laughs> shoe, yeah. which I don't think many people like. But I think Kitten Hills get a terrible rep. You think Kitten Hills get a terrible rep? Kitten, Kitten Hills get a terrible rep, but I'm all for someone wearing a comfortable, comfortable, comfortable shoe. shoe yeah. I say. Whenever, Chris whenever, is, Chris, is li- Chris is literally sat here in croc wellies. Yeah, <laughs> you be- believe shoe. that it's a comfortable shoe, and also the way it can go on and off so quickly. Kick that off is is has actually com- it's in... it's completely taken away all other shoes. Laces, you've saved you time. Absolutely not. At laces, I will never ever do again. Do you, do you find yourself in a lot of situations where you need to get your shoes on and off very quickly? Well, leaving the house and coming in the house, right. and like co- going do- into work. If I'm then off and on with the shoes, yes, but, but, he but teaches. Why, right. teaches. But wait, wait, wait. Why quickly? It suggests that you don't have the time to deal but with the. I, I live in, in a. Co- I live. Yeah, L- London. I live in a very, very, very constant state of mid to high. Like, I wouldn't say it's mid to high anxiety all the time, but it, but the nervous system is always. Um, High, highly strung. Yeah. Um. So um. And I have a, a to do list that's so long mm. that obviously I just sort of look at and yeah. don't right. don't tick Number off. 10, but if I think if I, no, but if I think these shoes can go on and off so quickly, at least I'm sort of like looking busy, looking quick, looking yeah. productive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to, that's a life hack. And that is how that's what time. I do by myself. Actually, that's the person <laughs> I am by myself. Somebody takes their shoes on and off, and then doesn't. And then and then as soon as it hits five pm, I go, okay, I can stop work now. Stop! Exactly. Stop working now. Exactly, kick it, literally. Kick and then, it then off. the boots come off. Yeah, no, fair enough. You know, I now I totally understand and appreciate your boots. <laughs> but you know, I actually some see so many people really... look at the amount of people that look at my croc boots and no, like in like no, I know, but like I've seen a couple of people. And I'm like, oh, like they look a bit silly, but and people like look at them like it's actually startling how many people look down at my feet as I walk past and mm-hmm. kind of go like, what? Yeah. Really? Jealous. Jealous. Um, no, but I yeah. would say if anyone says, should I wear these shoes or these shoes, I always say what you're most comfy in. Because there's nothing worse than having sore feet all day. Yeah. Or on a night out or something like that. You just don't want just it. Don't it do just don't do it. We're grown. We're grown. It's painful. Uh, you know, some people like it. Sorry, fashion. how often are you on nights out? Like once a year at least when Chris does a night, I'll be there. Yeah, actually. I, I was there. She was there. In my comfortable Pop shoes. Night. Exactly comfortable was shoes. That in East London. It, it was. was. Oh. I do have some East London gigs coming up, by the do way. You, the way Ben. <laughs> yeah. Can you share them with me? I'll share. I'll tell them where you are. I'll tell them. Tell you when they are. Yeah. Um, comfortable shoes. Yeah, what shoes are you wearing shoes. right now? Currently. Right now, I'm wearing my New Balance trainers. I have just been teaching, but I probably would be wearing them anyway. Yeah. I don't know why. You, I don't know why you like. Because <laughs> no. usually I'd be in my. In my my boutons. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but usually, don't look. Don't look at my feet. Usually, I'd have my. Pumps on. But you know how some people like fashion is like you've got to be uncomfortable, like you look great. I'm not about that. No, fine. Really? <laughs> you never I guess. know you've come in your comfies today, I can see that. <laughs> she wanted yeah, to be comfortable I today. To be comfortable. Nice. I think comfortable is a good word to be striving for. Yes. In, in there's there's social anxiety. You don't want to le- layer that up with a bad shoe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so now uncomfortable shoes are bad shoes. 
in my opinion, that's not everyone's opinion. But did they choose to be uncomfortable when they were made? Some people find my version of an uncomfortable shoe comfortable, though. My friend Uh, Hayley wear heels for days. That's interesting. And she would not want to wear a New Balance. No. So it's each their own. But your version of a comfortable shoe, Rocket. Yeah, nice. I love that. Mm. Rocket. Mm. Ben, can I hear you say Rocket? Rocket. Yeah, that's good. You could have that for merch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have one final little segment. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm springing springing this on both of you. Um, uh, It's a one minute battle between the two of you. Uh, And I want to welcome you both, Jess McKee and Benjamin May, to the Pleasure Dome. This would be really good if I had a sound effect yes. now. Maybe for season three, if we Isn't get if we get there. Hang on, what about, what what eighty song is? Welcome to the pleasure dome. What is I that? I don't. keep singing it. And I'm like... I can't. <laughs> as a as a non as a non singer. Non singer. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, welcome to the pleasure dome. Now, two of you are going to enter the pleasure dome, and only one of you can remain. Oh my gosh! In the hall of pleasure. I'm and glad I've got my comfortable shoes to on. to enter the pleasure dome for a fighting fighting chance to remain in the hall of pleasure, you have to present to me, the pleasure master, your pleasure principle. That's the first time I've said that. Every time wow. I do this segment, I like nail the um, setup a little bit more. Yeah, so the pleasure principle, mean. your pleasure principle, is an idea, a feeling, a sight, a smell, a moment. You've got 60 seconds to describe the, your pleasure principle to me. Okay. This is totally subjective, though. No, but it's, it's, it's your description. Yeah, but then you choose based on what you think sounds best. No, it's your description of it. I yeah, but also it's my podcast. <laughs> what are you on about? <laughs> I'm like, not a Correct. Great, <laughs> I'm not a great storyteller. Well, this is, well, 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 maybe Ben might come up with something. I think Ben's going to be very good. Oh, no. Or I mean, somebody, Jake last week described like a perfect day when you don't have any plans oh, and you walk you walk past a coffee shop and you see two friends there who also don't have any plans and then you just have a spontaneous day together. So that's just very unrealistic for me. Okay. <laughs> that's too far of a stretch. If you've so, got any sense, you're going to do something about your child here. But you have to, you have to, you oh, have really? to convey. Well, when they first came out of me and I looked at them. And, I was and you were like, like oh, Hi, my new did friend. you, was, was it a cesarean or? It was a water birth. <laughs> mm. Splash. So you can talk about, you know, looking at your child that's just come out of you and seeing all of the stuff in the water around you and thinking, God, this was. Don't, was, don't, don't just give, don't just give her best. a. And actually, on that, I actually... Don't just give her the idea. It's a magical day. I know there's a lot of fear around labour. Are you going to nail this? No, 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 no. Not at all, not at all. But I do feel like Jess has, you know, something that is significantly beautiful in her life. Mm. I don't understand it, right? But Jess has that. And and I think it would be a real shame if she wasn't able to articulate that for your listeners. Mm. Okay. However, (laughs) I I do think that that was a magical Mm. moment. But also, there's a lot of unpleasant feelings involved mm. in labour. No, I know, yeah. I, it's I, kind I, of uncomfortable. Jess, it's not that hard. Like, <laughs> I did sex ed. I'm I sure like, we could all do it. Um, right. But, Boom! Enough conferring. Okay. Do you have a pleasure principle in mind? A moment, a feeling, a concept, a smell, a, a mem- a, a, anything, a, an activity. It could be anything. It could be anything. Mine. Who's going first? Mine's so basic. No, but that's okay. Go. That's so all you have to do is you basically you're selling me a dream. 
Sorry. You are selling it. I'm going to give you 60 seconds I'm on the clock. Awful. Jess, you can do it. I promise. Okay. Go on, Jess. So I believe Jess, in you. we go in three, two, one. This is something that I actually do every single day, and it has never and will never get old. It is for me something that gives me great pleasure, and it has not diminished. If anything, it's got greater. So I do have a child. And I get very, very tired in the mornings. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's crying. I've got to get out of bed now. That sleepy, sleepy, groggy, tired walk to the coffee machine. But that first sip of coffee. And you can literally feel the life coming into your body. And just things feel like they're going to be okay. That first smell and first taste of coffee in the morning, for me, that's the pleasure dome. Um, and that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> 55 <laughs> seconds. So confident that she didn't even use the last yeah. five and a half seconds so of her that pitch. That for me is dreamy. That first... Are you, how about the sound of the coffee machine <laughs> that it makes? What sound does it make? I don't love the sound. That okay. But the smell and mm. that first sip, it just does not get old for me. That's delicious. Yeah. And comforting and huge. And you kind of think like you kind of think like th this alchemy that I'm yeah. ingesting. And even I'm during my pregnancy and early stage of breastfeeding, even with a decaf, just the smell and mm. the sensation of coffee yeah. first thing in the morning. No other coffee hits like that. No, it doesn't. Whew, that's a, that was a good one, Ben. You heard my audible intake of air, gasp, and I think you did as well. Yeah, I think you couldn't help but react when she's when when we weren't sure what Jess was going to really be bringing to us. I thought, and she then she's talk about her child. No, well. <laughs> Well, I mean, mine is, you know, is slightly different. Well, that's and, that, that, that's the beauty also, of this whole also, exercise. It also feels a little bit... Um, is it about your bike? No, it's not about <laughs> my bike. I do feel like I have already spoken about the graveyard and the peacefulness of the graveyard. Uh, so I do feel like I've kind of shot myself in the foot no, there. But, but I do have something. Okay, good. Okay. All right, your time, Benjamin May, starts three, two, one. There's a song by the Commodores, um, it's called Night Shift. This song was played at my granddad's funeral. I wasn't there, my granddad died before I was born. But I remember watching my dad listen to it when I was younger. And when I used to watch my dad listen to it, I didn't realise at the time that my dad was listening to the song that reminded him of his dad and how he would grieve whilst listening. When I walk in the early spring sunshine and that warmth starts to kiss my skin, and Night Shift by the Commodores comes on. There is this beautiful connection that runs from me to my dad. Thinking back to watching my dad think about his father, think about the relationship that they had and the love that he had for him. That's my moment, the sun and that song. And Gorgeous. that was 50 seconds. I mean, stunning. Really, Lovely. really didn't need those last 10 yeah, I don't think I knew Ben would nail it that's gorgeous Ben that was beautiful Benjamin I, I, I would encourage everyone to go and listen to that song because mm. it is a beautiful song it is a beautiful song I love that really nice I mean pretty very spe very specific mm. very personal with a backstory 
um, I think everyone listening will go straight to listen to that song. Yeah. I think that that's what the the, the complete through through thought there will be. Well, I've got to hear this song. Mm. That's that's really cool. I like that connection. Do you know? I, I will say this. Everyone always says my dad died over 13 months and everyone always says to me that I was fortunate enough to be able to have that time with him to be able to say all of the things that I wanted to say and have all of the conversations I wanted to have mm. and I can say now with absolute certainty that I didn't mm. because all of the conversations that I wanted to have with him they happen all of the time mm. like yeah. I still want to ask him I'd love to know what he felt whilst he was listening to that song hundred percent yeah, and there's new conf- there's new things that will happen in your life that you would like that. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool, no. mm. That I do think that's a cool thing. Another cool thing about Willow is seeing all my people in her. Yeah. Like I see my dad, I see my mum, I see John's family, mm. and it's one of the things that put me off having children was actually to love something and someone so deeply that. That scared me quite a lot, mm-hmm. um, but it's amazing to see them in her is so special. That is, that's beautiful. Mm. Um, well, come on, just tell us who won. You I did. Think, I think we both. I think vote Ben. We. I think Ben. That was tremendous. Really, really well done. Jess. I thought Jess was amazing. No, to, Jess, because I totally understand Jess. Oh, like, listen, <laughs> listen. I'm not gonna. Uh, we're not. We're not just gonna. Oh, we're not. We're not just gonna it. cast yeah. Jess's Jess aside out of the pleasure dome. Ben, you have taken your seat in the hall of pleasure. Mm. Yes. Thank you. Well we done. I'm people. swimming. In well pleasure. done. You are. Yeah. It's oh, it's a riot in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jess, I must say, I think coffee. That m- and and the moment the sound the s- the sa- ne- never mind the sound the walk towards the the coffee machine that walk can be really laboured it can be really heavy you can be having all kinds of thoughts from getting up to walking to that coffee machine yet you know that the gold in the pot at the end of that corridor rainbow yeah it's gonna make grayscale I'm actually gonna say it's a grayscale rainbow. Exactly, that that exactly. walk to the coffee machine, really and the la- moment when you really you you press that button, whether you want a long one or a tall one, a tall yeah, one or a short yeah, one, yeah. and it grinds, you Always. see the water go, and it comes out as this nectar, yeah, to completely activate your day. Literally, you wake up in Oz. Is a hu- was a huge that was a that was a huge huge jab cross. Wait, attempt wait, at on. the um at, at the pleasure dome, you and you should be as in it gets color. It's it goes to color. Oh, ben, like you've the wizard of. Ben, don't don't take this away. From, don't no, take no, this no, away no, from no, her no, now. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. No, I just <laughs> wanted to. I wanted to know if she meant the wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because really, those thoughts from the bed You're like, to the coffee oh machine can my be God. deep. Some of those and dramatic, some of the, aren't they? Some of the early mornings I've had, and you go, <sighs> what. I'm not even going to repeat. <laughs> and then you go, and then you have the coffee and, and you leave okay. and you go, you're fine. Yeah. Well, was, as I said, it was a huge, huge, strong jab cross to get, uh, you know, on the doors of the pleasure could dome. Could I argue that? You did. I, I, think, that we I think we've heard enough. I, no, I, 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 I would love, I would love it. I would love that. But we can't, we can't, we can't have a double shanté. The rules are rules. I want Jess to go in there then. 
Ben, no, you've already no. gone in there. No, I don't. I want Jess to you've win. Already got, oh my god, Ben, this Listen, is not the game. I'm, I'm gonna get asked back oh my god, not, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just being nice, saying coffee was good. <laughs> Everyone's gonna say coffee. <laughs> I'm back for round three. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. Try again. Um, <laughs> Jess and Ben, this has been so, so lovely. Thank you so much for giving up your time and um, speaking your beautiful words and being here. Where can people find you um, or? But maybe uh, we can make an actual little list of resources and um, things that we've touched on today. You, yes. We can do that and we can collate that and I can put it in the bio. Um, where quickly, if people want to find you online, um, what's the best way of doing that? I was just going to say Abney Park Cemetery when you said where yeah, can yeah. people find you. <laughs> 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 um, so uh, the new normal um, dot com uh, at TNN Charity. Um, and my Instagram handle, which you both spoke about earlier, is LDN underscore BRBR. It's nice. London Barber. With no vowels, mm. maybe. At McKeepfit. At McKeepfit. My Instagram is <coughs> at the Healthy Space UK. Um, I do have my McKee Jess Instagram, but like Ben says, it's boring because I'm always talking about my wonderful child <laughs> but all things sort of physical and mental health will be yeah that's where they find you the healthy space yeah absolutely yes. um well amazing thank you so much guys you're such great friends i'm so glad we got to do this yeah. and uh thank you so much everybody for listening please uh tell your friends um share subscribe rate if you liked it if you didn't then please just don't do anything if you didn't enjoy it. Um, and I hope um, today brought a little smile and a little bit of warmth to your hearts. Wow. Uh, bye. Thank you for having Thanks, us. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, it's Thank been a pleasure. You. I'm guilty pleasures with Christopher Hall.